you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. And now, move the sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome back on a Monday. DJ Bucky Rhett back together as uh, we recap some of the week six action. Buck, how are you doing, man? Have you got uh, you tamed down the travel a little bit this week? That's good. Yeah, we kept it. We kept it domestic. So it was it was, it was pretty good. Nice. Just back and forth to Jacksonville. Got a chance to uh, be there in the building when the Jaguars played the Colts. So it was good. We'll get to that game in a minute. Rhett, other than uh, Indiana, just getting absolutely smashed by Michigan. How was your weekend? Thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. But uh, yeah, all, all is all is good. Uh, it's the start of a new season. You know, we got uh, we got six games and six chances to win four and go play a 13th. So all, all is good on the college front. We're going to figure it out. And I uh, got a chance to be in studio for game day highlights and final, um, as you did a couple weeks ago there, Deej, yep. and, uh, and, and excited to kind of uh, run through some of these games here. I think there were some kind of interesting points throughout. Yeah, I think we uh, we jump right into it here again. We always take the the big eight here um, that we want to start with, and we'll touch on some of the others at the end. But I think we start here uh, with one of these undefeateds going down. We'll get to both these games here. But if we start uh, with with a big one, the Browns beating the 49ers. Uh, they're yeah. at home. Uh, it is a 19-17 game. Obviously, at the end, Brock Purdy is able to get a drive. They have a makeable kick for Jake Moody. He misses it, uh, and the, uh, the 49ers suffer their first loss of the season. And they do it uh, at the hands of P.J. Walker. So no Deshaun Watson. They've got their backup quarterback in there, P.J. Walker. This was not, to me, uh, anything to do with the Browns offense or the 49ers defense or really even truthfully the 49ers offense this was the Browns defense and this is something that is not new mm -hmm. uh, I put in our chat last night I got tweeted yeah, out that. Buck that they are yeah. you know Shanahan's one and nine against Jim Schwartz he hasn't scored 20 points against him and if you listen to the podcast which we've referenced numerous times with Jordan Rodriguez, where she talked about uh, Sean McVay trying to hire somebody from the Fangio tree because he had struggled against that defense well it's the same exact thing with Kyle Shanahan. He, you know, Chris Kasurik's their defensive line coach. They run that jet front, that wide nine front. Well, where does Chris oh, okay. Kasurik come from? Chris Kasurik is a protege of of Jim Washburn. Jim Washburn yeah. was coaching with Jim Schwartz forever. <laughs> it's the mm -hmm. same front, the exact same front that they run. 
that has given uh, Kyle Shanahan complete fits, no matter where he's been, no matter what personnel he has. And Buck, when I went back and looked at it, I pulled up the numbers. 51.6% in cover one, which was by far the most cover one any team played this week. Uh, and they get home with four. I mean, he'll sprinkle in a fifth rusher. JOK is such a dynamic player mm-hmm. for that Cleveland front. But they what it's simple. They're playing fast and they sped up the clock of Brock Purdy. That's what they did. So let me let me give you a little history on the cover one thing and Jim Schwartz. So Jim Schwartz is also a Bill Belichick disciple. Bill sure. Belichick and Nick Saban famously have said. The best defense in all of football is a cover one defense because what it does is it gives you the extra defender in the box. You're matched up and you take away all the layups in the passing game. And it basically becomes my guys are better than your guys. Everyone knows exactly what we're doing. We're not switching. We're not doing anything. We're playing Mm -hmm. fast as you allude to. And when Schwartz took the job in Cleveland early on, he said, look, we're going to be a a, a cover one team. We're going to bring five man pressures and I'm going to let these guys go. And what you've seen from the Browns, Defensively, man, they play like their hair is on fire. They play mm-hmm. fast. They're physical. And I think the other part of the game, the Niners have always prided themselves in being the bully. Well, up in that game, in the pregame, there's a little mm-hmm. skirmish. The Browns were determined, we're going to bully the bullies. And sometimes when the bully gets hit in the face, they don't like it. And I think in that game, you saw the Browns take the fight to the Niners, and the Niners didn't respond in kind. Yeah, I guess that's it, huh? The uh, the the glass slipper broke, and Brock Purdy is going to go back to you know being uh, Mr. Yeah, Irrelevant. Yeah, we saw an East West. That's the it. We saw the East West game. Yes, it's all over. No, come on. Uh, I, I hope that's you know. I, I'm sure that's part of the narrative that's floating around on social media right now. But I I don't know that this is <laughs> this was all on Brock Purdy. Um, I think you know in the end you you got to be pretty happy with the way that he comes away and leads a drive, you know, when they absolutely had to have one and a very makeable field goal opportunity for a very good kicker in Jake Moody. It just so happens his only two misses of the season were both in this game, uh, you know, which is unfortunate, obviously, for a rookie. Um, but look, I, I think, um, you know, I've talked to a number of coaches that have played the Browns now, and and a lot of them, as you mentioned, DJ, are talking about the way that they use JOK, too, yeah, um, and, and just player, how man. difficult that is to deal with. Just such a great athlete. And then obviously, you know, Miles Garrett, and, um, you know, Jim Schwartz is a great defensive coach. We talked about this a lot. Uh, I think the 49ers are going to be okay. Um, you know, they're not going to have to see the Browns again unless they both end up making the Super Bowl, which is, which I guess is good for <laughs> Kyle Shanahan and company. But, um, you know, is but it what, a different hold, hold up, hold up, hold yeah. up. I'm going to interrupt you there. You know who runs that exact same front team that knocked them out of the playoffs the last Eagles. year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a fair point. That's a fair point. And you gotta you gotta confront your demons at some point, right? Yeah. Um, you gotta figure out a way to do that. So, you know, is it a different ball game if Christian McCaffrey is fully healthy the whole way? Is it a different ball game if Debo Samuel's there the whole way? Uh Trent Williams was banged up in this game. Those are some marquee players, right? Some marquee dudes, but that is a good team. They should be able to to kind of account for some of that. And, and I, I think, you know, the way you guys mentioned that, the way that the Browns are playing defense with that front and They've got the corners for cover one, right? Mm-hmm. With, you know, Newsom and Ward and Emerson. And, you know, Emerson gets a pick in this game. I, it, it, it was all working for Cleveland, Deej, on, but, on Sunday. But I, w- I want to get to Bucky on this, though, real quick. Um, two things. Number one, McCaffrey missing time, which was something we've kind of warned about well, on here yeah, with we, usage. We like, it. hey, we let's... Talked, we talked about it. We talked about it exposure. last week. We talked about it other weeks. Yeah, we've talked Yeah, there's about time. It, right, you pick your spots with him, man. Pick your spots. When you're when you're handling teams, get him out of there. It's so tempting, though. He's so good. 
that you don't yes. want to take him out, DJ. Like you're running up and down, and as an offensive play caller, you're sitting there like, man, he makes all the X's and O's come to life. Look at yeah. me, I'm the wizard because I have CMC running around like crazy. But you're right, you got to protect him against himself. No, and look in this game, and we talk about Purdy. I mean, Purdy, the numbers aren't aren't great. Twelve They're of twenty-seven, one hundred and twenty-five, a touchdown <laughs> and a pick. Rhett gave him credit on the drive, no question. The other thing is, man. I know Shanahan lamented a couple that they missed. And when I went back and watched it, I think I know the two that he was talking about. He had a post uh, in the first half. He got it out early. He anticipated he got it out. He just missed it. And then they had McCaffrey on something that you probably spend weeks uh, (laughs) setting up where Buck, I don't know if you got a chance to see Mm -hmm. it yet, but it's like, he starts chopping his feet. Like he releases to the flat, chops his feet. And you're, I've seen this angle route a hundred times. Yeah. chops his feet and then hits a vertical and it's it's it he's gone it's a touchdown and pretty overthrown by a few yards missed him um would have been a home run ball so they had a couple schemed winners in there they didn't hit that that's uh you know that's not something i would but, be overly concerned about but the other thing is and this is what i want to get to you on buck you can go wherever you want but but hit mm-hmm. on this um I remember this from joint practices. i've seen it with my own eyes when they were with the chargers and i've heard from other people when they're going up against them which is You'd be surprised. You get to one-on-ones with the wideouts and the DBs. They don't win a ton. Like Brandon Ayuk is the route runner. He is the dude that can beat man coverage. And then obviously with CMC in the passing game, he can do that. But like Debo Samuel, like even George Kittle a little bit at this point in time, those guys aren't big, big separators against man coverage. Like that's why I'm wondering if they start seeing more teams want to play this front Want to go nose to nose, and and uh, other thing, watching the tape. So many times when you're watching games, you watch them on TV, you'll notice this, but you'll see emotion, and you'll see like pointing and yelling and hooting and hollering, and everybody goes, "Oh, look at the communication in the back end." And I always sit there and watch that. And go, the good teams don't have to do that. All that stuff's understood. I know what. I, there's no question. There's no gray area in assignments. No matter what they do, shift motion. I don't even know that I need to communicate that because we are we're we're simplified. We know what we're doing. And there's no panic to it. Like that was, you said it, Buck. There was no switching off. It was just, I got him, you got him, let's go. You know, DJ, it's one of the things that you learn when you watch like the Patriots and Alabama football or whatever. Like when you, you're able to play that, you challenge people in different ways. We have always marveled at the way that Cal Shanahan schemes up the layups. Well, those layups a lot of times come against zone coverage because the mm-hmm. play action brings the linebackers to the line of scrimmage. There's these huge voids at intermediate range, and those guys run right over the middle. They sit on over the ball at 15 to 18 yards, and we see it over and over. The thing about man coverage, all that is gone, and it really mm-hmm. forces them to use a different passing game because all the play action stuff doesn't work because I'm locked in man. So it doesn't matter what you're doing in the back end. My eyes are on the wide receiver. And so it makes Kyle Shanahan go into more of a drop back game as opposed to a play action game. Mm -hmm. And that impacts the way they block up front. That also impacts the way that Brock Purdy has to throw because now the play fake does nothing. Now it's about precision, pinpoint accuracy, and those things. And I do believe whenever someone knocks off somebody, that film circulates around the rest of the league. Even if you don't have the personnel, they're going to see more man coverage. And mm-hmm. so it's it's one of those things. And two, you kind of show people that you can defeat what someone has thrown at you to give you a loss. They're going to have to work on it. So now Kyle Shanahan has to get in his bag and have to come up with more man beaters to help this team against future opponents. Yeah. And again, I think Ayuk becomes huge for them uh, because if they're going to see that a bunch, the ball is going to go to him because he's the one dude who can really, really excel 
uh, in that situation. All right, I spent a lot of time on that one. I probably went a little too long for us, but it, it was an, it was a no, fascinating game. No, that's that's the game that everybody wants to yeah, see. Like that's, that's the one that you well, have. Yeah. there's another one too. Fascinating. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll to get it. to the other one here in just a minute. Yeah. But Buck, let's get to the one that you were at here. Um, the uh, the Jags a comfortable win over the Colts, thirty seven to twenty. Yeah, so this is crazy because coming into the game, the Jags are facing their old quarterback, Garner Minshew. So there was uh, the revenge tour for Garner Minshew coming back. He was beloved in the town because of the personality and those things. But here's what I'll tell you about the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they're different than I even thought. And it's funny because when you closely follow a team, you're like, hey, this team is going to win this year because of this offense and Calvin Ridley and this and that, and they don't win because of that. They're winning right now because of their defense. Their defense has 15 takeaways. They have four takeaways against the Indianapolis Colts. They are a team that is somehow hunting the football and getting after it. And we know this because it always works together. The pressure and the coverage works together. Josh Allen is having an outstanding year. He has seven sacks now, eight sacks or whatever. He's getting after quarterback, had a strip sack early that changed the game. And then the persistent pressure that he's able to generate and they were able to get pressure up the gut against a smaller quarterback. The ball fluttered, went high, and then they picked it off. Rayshon Jenkins, Andre Cisco, and those guys. The Jaguars are winning because of their defense, and what they're having to do in turn is play complimentary football, which no one expected. 37 points, only 244 yards of total offense. Not a great offensive performance, but because the offense, defense, and special teams are working together, they're able to win games. Complimentary football. You love to see it. And then from the Colts perspective, you know, I I think throwing it with Gardner Minshew 55 times, you know, probably isn't what you're looking for there, but they couldn't run it. And credit to the Jaguars. I mean, you know, Taylor and and Zach Moss combined for 15 carries and 40 yards. You know, that's that's not winning football right there. And then obviously you were down big, you know, pretty quickly with the in the turnovers were an issue. And and I'm hoping that this isn't the case. I think a lot of times when you see a backup quarterback you know, come in, he plays really well in relief, maybe plays well to start the next game, but the more exposure you get, oh yeah, the more issues that yeah. start to pop up. And, you know, Gardner, career high, three interceptions. I think he's going to be okay, and he's going to lead them to some wins this year. Um, you just got to take care of the football. Like he's, you know, you just got to understand, above all else, with that team with the Colts, DJ, you have to be able to take care of the football and stay in football games so you have a chance to be in a position to win it late. Yeah, I was just going back through Josh Allen's numbers. Um, so his rookie year, 10 and a half sacks, then two and a half in eight games in 20, and 21, seven and a half, then uh, seven last year. He's already got seven uh, yeah. right now this year. So, you know, 10 and a half has been kind of his mark at 16 games. He's got seven right now through six. Um, they haven't look, paid him yet. He, they haven't paid. Oh, him he's yet. gonna he's gonna get oh, paid. Look, he's paid gonna get yet, paid so big. It's, it's he's gonna get paid. But the other thing is, too, I also think you know, if you take out that first year that those kind of seven sack seasons, he's kind of been in that zone. Mm -hmm. I, I, I firmly believe, man, there's, there's kind of a light coming on. There's another level that some of these guys can get to when you have the traits and the work ethic, which by all accounts, he absolutely does. He's, he's learning, he's figuring this thing out. You're not even, I think everybody thinks, Oh, either, you know, maybe the second year you'll have it all figured out. Like, Sometimes they can be really, really good player for the first two, three, four years, and all of a sudden some other thing clicks from a technique standpoint or experience standpoint, and there's another level, and that's clearly what's happened with him. It is happening, and also um, the consistency of the coaching, right? So you Mm -hmm. think about the numerous coaching changes that it had, multiple coaches. uh, Every D-line coach brings in a different philosophy of how to get to the quarterback, and so now you have Brinson Buckner who's there. Gilbert is 
also there. You have Mike Caldwell, the D coordinator. Uh, Rhett alluded to why the Colts had a tough time running the ball. So the Jaguars on early downs, they deploy a five-man front. And so what they did, and one of the reasons why they wanted Trayvon Walker is they have Trayvon Walker as a stand-up in, in a five-man front with three big bodies on the interior. So it's Trayvon mm-hmm. Walker on one side, Josh Allen on the other side. So on early Heavy. downs, no double teams, no combo blocks. You can't. It's man on man, and they're beating you at the point of attack. And so for mm-hmm. all the criticism that Trayvon Walker gets for not putting up the sack numbers, his value is really he's a dominant and disruptive run stopper. Now, I would say you typically don't take number one pick overall. To have <laughs> but that's yeah. what he is. But that five-man front allows them to stop the run. And they've been really good at stopping the run. And that has made them force teams to be one-dimensional. And you're seeing the turnovers result from you're having to throw it 35 to 45 times. And they're just playing the odds that at some point, you're going to have an errant pass and the tip and overthrow is going to lead to an interception. Well, that's exactly what's happened. The turnovers in a big way, as you mentioned. A little yeah. bit earlier. Um, Rhett, uh, I think, what do you got? Lions, Bucks? Yeah, or? Lions, Bucks. Yeah, and, and look, I think when you look at this game, <clears throat> you know, for the, for the it was a kind of a tale of expectations, right? The Lions living up to high expectations that were placed upon them coming into the season. And then the Bucks, I think, were exceeding expectations with yeah. the way that they played, the way that Baker had played. Well, for the Bucks, that obviously did not happen uh, in this game. They lose 20 to 6. Uh, I'm going to take this from the Bucks' perspective, and I'll get to the Lions here in just a sec. Um, and you know, just kind of looking through some of the things that popped out to me, the Bucks threw it. They attempted t- uh, ten throws from Baker of twenty plus. They only completed two of them. Now, look, those are those aren't high percentage throws. So I'm not necessarily worried about the percentages. And a lot of them were late in the fourth quarter when they were trying to make a comeback. But the issue is that there were plays to be made there, and they weren't. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think Baker was at his best. He admitted he he said as much after the game. And I think you know, stand up, stand up, dude, for doing that because I I think he could have been a lot better and had this team in a better position. The very first play from scrimmage on offense for the Bucs, they've got Mike Evans for a 95-yard touchdown, and Baker has it tipped at the line by Isaiah Bugs and picked right there. And so the Lions, that's essentially a 10-point swing. That's a set, that is a no-doubter touchdown for Mike Evans, so it's 7-0. Instead, Lions actually only get a field goal out of it, so it ends up being a 10-point swing there, and it kind of went downhill. Um, and then, you know, what, what, what is one of the things that we've said about Baker in terms of the way he throws the ball? Like he's got a, he's got a really strong arm, right? But he is all gas from the upper body. Like you don't yeah. see as much from the lower body with him. Went back and looked at, at one of those deep throws in the fourth quarter. They're at the 29 yard line going in. He's got a, he does a nice job with his eyes. He's got a single, single high safety who drifts off to the opposite side, opening up maybe a 10 yard window for number two on the right side to run a vertical into the end zone. And I mean, this is, it's, a, it's like, it's not an easy throw, but it's one he absolutely should and could make. He's got a clean pocket and just tries to whip it with the arm. And it just flutters and hangs up there. And you know, the, the backside corner is able to come, come over, close on it and make a play on it, which should have been a touchdown. So that's, you know, a couple of touchdowns right there. And they end up losing by 14 points. And you're looking at this thing like, you know, all right, the tip ball, you know, that's, you know, maybe bad luck, whatever. But man, they had some, they had some opportunities in this game and they didn't get it done. And then for the Lions, uh, you know, Buck, that's what this team does. Mm -hmm. Jameer Gibbs is already out. David Montgomery goes out on a screen pass early in the game and can't go. And Craig Reynolds, the third running back, comes in and maybe makes the play of the game and the block of the week. Right on a Monroe St. Brown kind of crossing route. He catches it. You see Reynolds come in. I mean, you've seen it now a hundred times, probably. 
Uh, you know, Reynolds comes from out of the screen and he's like a bowling ball at the end of the lane, knocking down bucks, like, like, you know, just reckless abandon. And Amonra St. Brown ends up scoring. I just think again, you know, even when they're not at their best, they are a gritty, physical, tough team that can be explosive. But when they're not, they use that grit and toughness to kind of stay the course and find a way to win. Yeah, they stay the course. And, and I'll say this about Jerry Goff to me has been the most impressive part of it. Yeah. Like the guy that we've tried to replace in multiple mock drafts in multiple years continues mm-hmm. to kind of be like the franchise quarterback that they needed. Um, yesterday, Sunday was a game where they needed him to be at a high level. Guy has a solid game, 353 yards, has two touchdowns. Amon Ross St. Brown, you just talked about him, 12 catches, 124 yards. And then Jamison Williams. We had a Jameson Williamson sighting. That catch was as hard as it can come to look well, over one shoulder. He made it pretty tough, too. To yeah, flip full 360. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, great, great hands. But here's what We're I love adjusting. and can appreciate about the Lions. The Lions have assembled a really, really tough team with players that are tough and gritty. They've upgraded the talent level. And the people that they brought in fit what they want to be. Aiden Hutchinson is an all-day high-motor sucker. You look at some of the other guys that they brought in, those guys are, are, are high-motor, tough, grizzled players. And quietly, this team is developing the confidence where they feel like they can go toe-to-toe. When you look at their, their wins, they have a win against the Kansas City Chiefs. There's not going to be a team that they fear going forward. And so yeah. we may talk about them like a couple years ago, like the Cincinnati Bengals rode the magic carpet ride to the Super Bowl. It's not out of the question that the Detroit Lions are one of those teams that we're talking about kind of finding their way to the final four of the tournament and maybe making it in. They still got five games left in the, in the division, DJ, in that division. <laughs> oh, yeah. There, there's a lot. There's a lot still to be decided here um, inside this division. But I, I wanted I pulled up a couple numbers because I wanted to point them out here. So we talk about golf. Golf had a great game. This offense last year averaged 27.5 points a game. This year, they're averaging 28 points a game. So, okay, it's, it, that's a huge number. That puts them up in the top 10 of the league. But there's, there's just a little, little improvement there. This defense last year was giving yeah. up 25.1 points a game. This year, they're giving up 18.8. They are a touchdown better on the defensive side of the ball. That, to me, is the story of this Lions team. And that's why they've entered into the elite echelon of the NFL. And it's not only that, DJ. Like, in a league that we talk about being a pass-happy league, they're crushing people in the running game. They have mm-hmm. not given up over 100 yards in any of the six games. And so what happens, you're now playing one-dimensional against a team that has a pass rusher in Aiden Hutchinson, cover guys in terms of all the new guys that they brought in. They play a lot of man coverage, and they challenge you. And like you said, we're finding out there are a lot of receivers that cannot win one-on-one on the outside. And by the way, the last time that they uh, didn't allow a 100-yard rushing output in six straight games, they were called the Portsmouth Spartans. Nice. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Good nug. Shout out to the research department on that one. Nice yeah. and done. Yeah, way to, that NFL way to research. That Technically, it was the way Lions to, research way department. Way to point that out, Hoosier. That was great. That was great. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We'll get to the other big, big game of the weekend. That was uh, the Jets-Eagles game. We'll jump into that one right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, the uh, other undefeated team, there were only two, and they both went down uh, on in games against backup quarterbacks too. If you think about Aaron Rodgers uh, being the starter at the beginning of the season for four plays before handing it off to, yeah. uh, to Zach Wilson. Um, obviously, Brock Purdy, we discussed a little bit earlier, losing to P.J. Walker. But in this game, uh, the Eagles, they – I mean, you could – we can – we'll get to the Jets and we'll talk about them in just a second. I will say this felt like a stubborn loss for the Eagles in that it felt just run the ball. You've got a lead early in this game. Run the ball. Make the Jets, who are missing several offensive linemen, make them have to travel the length of the field. Your front has been dominant. You're just getting after the quarterback like crazy in this game. Um, instead, man, it was the turnovers, one after another after another. And then uh, at the very end, Buck, I mean, that one, where you could run the ball, chew some clock, and finish the game, punt, make the, them have to drive. Instead, you throw a pick. Are you kidding me? It felt like a stubborn approach on the Eagles side of the things. I feel like it's been like that all year for the Eagles. I feel like the Eagles are trying yeah. to prove that there's something that they're not. And sometimes that happens when you pay the quarterback, there's a, a feeling of we need to justify. There needs to be a justification for why we we paid him or we need to validate why he's 252 into the whole life, whatever that is. This team can run on anybody. They've proven that they can run on everybody. They could run. I just don't understand why the cuteness comes into it. They take, to me, unnecessary gambles. They go for it on fourth down when they don't need to. I I just can't understand why. And I heard Nick Sirianni after the game say, hey, he didn't have to say anything to the team. The players stood up and talked about accountability and all those things. And I get that. The players need to be accountable. But coaches need to be accountable too, man. Just get the win. No, It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what it looks like. Just get the win. So let me ask you this, Deej, from, from what you saw. Was it a couldn't run it or wouldn't run it situation. Because look, the Jets defense is pretty stout now with Quentin Williams up there. CJ CJ Mosley had a terrific Quincy Williams too. They were all over the football uh in this one. So would you say it was more just they they didn't or they really couldn't? No, I I think it was a choice. Um I mean I'll, I'll pull up the numbers here, but I watched the game, went back and watched it on tape. They had some they had some pops. They they could run it a little bit. They just they just got away from it. And that one, I don't care if you get stuffed at the line of scrimmage. If you get stuffed at the line of scrimmage it. and have to punt, you still run yeah. that ball yeah. on that particular mm-hmm. down. So, uh, you know, look, they 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 averaged 3.6 yards a carry. 
So, you know, and a lot of that's coming with with Jalen Hurts, who was their most successful runner. Yeah, and it was mostly um, scrambles, Swift, too. Swift didn't do anything. But, I mean, that's the, that's the whole point. If you've got Jalen Hurts, who you're given eight carries to, I mean, he's proven he can kind of be that eight to 12 mm-hmm. carry guy. At the end of the game, you're running quarterback power, whatever you, you have to do at that point in time to chew the clock and try and finish the game off. Uh, but they didn't do it. Now, uh, I want to jump over to the Jets side because I want to spend too much time on the Eagles because this was uh, completely about the Jets and their defense and what they were able to do. Uh, I wanted to pull up this number here. Uh, let's see. Okay, pressure percentage, right? This is which is a great number. We can talk yep. about sacks and and that's you know that's great. But how much pressure are you applying to the quarterback? Listen to these names here who are. I'll, I'll work from five up to one in pressure percentage. This is a minimum hundred snaps. Okay. Uh, through through PFF on pressure percentage. Number five is Max Crosby. I think we would all agree he's an elite player. Number four is Demarcus Lawrence, who's been a disruptor, disruptive guy in this league, who's been paid. Number three is his teammate, Micah Parsons. Um, and th- those numbers, Micah Parsons is at 23, or where is it here? No, Micah Parsons is at 21.1%. Number two is Miles Garrett. All right. So where are the frauds on this list? These are all elite guys. Miles Garrett, yep. widely mm-hmm. considered the best, if not him, then Parsons. Those are two and three at 21.1 and 22.2. Bryce Huff is number one in the league in pressure percentage, and he's at 28.9%. He's, <laughs> are you kidding me? He's over 6% above Miles Garrett hey. and Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. Like that is insane. Let me ask you, what's his what's his sample size on that compared to the other guys? Yeah, I'll pull it up right now. Um, so this to is, only because I'm just saying, like you know, he's got probably got the ability to be pretty fresh with the way that they can roll. Yeah, through so there he's too. he's rushed he's rushed 114 times. Yeah, Miles Garrett has rushed 135 times. That's not that Parsons has rushed difference. 142. Lawrence 102. Uh, yeah. you know, so he's you know Max Crosby's he's rushed 221 snaps. Jeez. Uh, so yeah, that's, he's the one who's he plays every snap. He's playing a ton. So you could probably yeah. give him a little benefit that his should be even higher. Uh, I mean that when you look at the percentage, there's no doubt that right. his is a little bit lower because he's rushed so much, but he's not that far off, you know, no. from those other guys in terms of attempts and buck, it, it just shows you too. There's always going to be a premium on fastballs. Like he's got a little bit of power to him, but make no mistake. He is winning with speed and agility off the edge. Speed and agility, like that's the one thing. You don't have to have a lot of different pitches in your bag. You just have to have one that is dominant. And that speed Mm -hmm. kills because what it does, it changes everything. It changes how the person has to set. And you have to kick side, then you set up other things. It's just so much that you can do. It's funny in a league where we we just talk about coveting pass rushers and passers and those things. Year after year, it's the elite guys, the, the guys with elite quickness. And I think there's something to be learned from that when it comes to when we get to the spring and we're looking at mm-hmm. these guys, there's certain traits that translate to sack production. And we just got to continue to identify them and talk about it over and over and over again. Kind of like it's that blinking light at the stop sign. Stop and I want to, I want to flip over again, the dominant from the, from the jets defense, taking the ball away, rushing the passer. They were all over the field. Quincy Williams is going to be, he, if not a, for sure, a pro bowler, he might be an all pro the way he's playing. He's been awesome. Yeah. Uh, at the second level of the defense, uh, offensively, you know, there's there's growth, right? With with Zach Wilson, I think we, from what we've all seen, we've all seen him getting better. Now, does that mean he's playing great? No, there's still there's mm-hmm. still when I watch the tape, he's still missing some things. He's not seeing everything clearly. But I'll tell you what, he's he's learned from the point of the difference between a taking a bad sack 
and yes. and turn and making a bad turnover is immense. You can say, okay, those are both negatives in the grade book, but Buck, man, there is it. When you get a chance to maintain possession and kick threes in this league right now, there's so much parity. We've only got three teams with a losing record in the AFC, and I, I was talking to somebody about this this morning. Man, if you kick field goals, punt, don't turn the ball over. I mean, you're going to be 500 or above in this league because pe- people are going to lose games. They're going to lose them. Man, Marty Schoenhammer used to stand in front of the team and say this all the time. More games are lost than won. Guys, if you can just figure out how not to give the game away to the other team, they'll just find a way to give it to you. So if you don't turn it over, you don't allow big plays, big passes to fly over your head, you don't have dumb and stupid penalties, uh, and if you win the kicking game, you are going to be in a lot of games, and ultimately you'll win a lot of those games. And to me, coming from a coach that won 200 regular season games, every time I look at the league, particularly now the way the parity has made it, where every game is an eight-point or fewer game, yeah, you just don't mess it up. If you don't mess it up, you're, you're going to win far more games than you lose. He's got one pick in his last four games. So, and, and we can say he's still missing some things. Like I said, there's some they, he left some things out there. But I do think what this has done is he's, he needs to play. He needs to get experience. He needs to see things. He needs to learn from things. And the problem is when you turn the ball over as much as he had been, he's in and out of the lineup. You can't play him. So now it's like, okay, hey, we can deal with, hey, on that sack, eh, you know, if we can get that ball out, throw it away. Those are lessons we can learn. But if you're you're frazzled and throwing red zone interceptions and costing us points repeatedly, like I can't keep putting you out there for you to learn this stuff. I'll say this. Aaron Rodgers coming over was worth his weight and go, not only in just his four plays that he played before he got hurt, but what he's been able to do with Zach Wilson He's been the best quarterback coach that he could ever have because every day he got a chance to not only see Aaron Rodgers prepare, but we know that Aaron Rodgers was a low turnover guy. He's a winning quarterback. So Mm -hmm. all of that, all of those like whispers in his ear, take care of the ball. This is when you thought it's made him a better quarterback. Look, he may never live up to or play up to what he was the second pick overall, but he certainly Mm -hmm. can be a functional starter for a team that is loaded on defense. And Mm -hmm. I think he's done enough now that if you're the Jets, you're like, no, no, we can keep Zach Wilson. We can keep Zach Wilson and find a, a path for him to be the starting quarterback going forward. To me, it's been a win-win situation for the Jets. And the fact that they're sitting at, what, three and three or whatever? Three and three at the bye. Yeah, the, the other thing I yeah. – oh, real quick, Rhett, I was going to get yeah. to you on this real quick. Uh, the other thing that stood out to me, man, they're, they're – what we said, remember when he got hurt, when Rodgers got hurt, and we said, oh, okay, 13 personnel. Like that's their that's their answer yeah. here. Because yeah, you can run big. the ball out of that. It's going to give you simplified looks. You're going to get one-on-ones with Garrett Wilson. They really don't. I mean, Lazard dropped the ball. He had a big penalty. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Lazard fan. Like he's okay. Randall Cobb just I mean that those are those are Aaron Rodgers yeah. type players, but they've got one true receiver. I mean, they missed Corey Davis uh, mm-hmm. with, with him retiring, but 13 personnel is the answer to a lot of these problems. And this is the game where they they busted that out more. And then when you're not in 13, get an empty. Just get an empty and let's let him get the ball out of his hand quickly. Um, and th- that was something I saw in this game. And I- I'm sitting here watching this going, um, you know, geez, like that's just, just, just use the tight ends. And Rucker mm-hmm. to me is the one who I think has got a chance to be somebody that's a real yes. big part yeah. of this thing. And he's better. He's more talented than those other two. I like Conklin. Uh, Uzama's kind of more of an inline guy. Rucker's got a chance to be really good. I think his role should increase as the season goes along. Yeah, appreciate you uh, bringing up my nightmare from this weekend. Michigan lived in 13 personnel all day long. On <laughs> my God. Big boy football. Big boy football. Uh, hey, but by the way, how about, how about Aaron Rodgers? I mean, 
they're, they're talking about him coming back yeah. for the last quarter of the season. Modern, yes. modern, modern medicine. Yes. Man. So seeing him pregame throwing the ball around, I'm I, like, what? What are, what are we, we doing? Like, he, is he, I mean, good, good for you, him. You yeah. can't watch that and tell me he's not coming back this year. He's like, coming back. Oh, One way or hundred percent. Do, do you remember running on it? Yes. I got to look it up, but uh, do you remember when, uh, when, what's his name? Uh, why Cam Akers. When Cam he came, Akers back? came back in like six months though. Is that what it was? Six months? Yeah. Which was, was still six which months, was, which was crazy fast. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I remember Nobody thinking like, I remember years. thinking like he's going to be hobbled and, and, not, and he, I was like, he looked as, as explosive as I'd ever seen him when he came back from that. I just think that the, with medically they have got months. ways to do this. So now I'm saying, I'm saying like four months to put him at the end of December, yeah. January. Like if they can kind of hold on, and I mean he's not going to have the wear and tear on his body. We're talking about a running back. Like he doesn't need. I mean he just needs to sit back in a rocking chair and pitch the Remember, ball around, sitting like the gun. way back. Dan, Dan, when Dan Marino came back, he just sat in the shotgun, didn't move. I mean he can just yeah. be a statue and just. Peach, 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 peach. It changed yeah. their running game, but just yeah, having him around gives them hope. I think his presence gives them everything. Calms everything. Just gives too. them the hope that hey, if we can just hey, if we just get to December kind of close, Aaron yeah. can take us over the top. I feel yeah, like yeah. that 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 feeling gives them a little something. Yeah, even if, even if he didn't end up coming back, just like hey, he's going. If they believe he's coming back, it's worth something. Right. Believe us. Um, all right, Buck, what do you got for the next one here? Hey man, the Cincinnati Bengals knocking off the Seattle Seahawks. This is a game where they had no business winning based on what they did offensively. They couldn't really move the ball consistently. They didn't get anything done. Zach Taylor talked about, hey, sometimes it's just better to win uh, ugly than to lose pretty. And that's what is happening. Their defense stepped up. Look, four sacks, had a couple of takeaways, had two critical fourth down stops inside the 10 in yes. the last two minutes. Like the Bengals defense, Lou Anarumo doesn't get enough credit for what he's been able to do. Early in the year, they were struggling. But I think people forgot about the departures that they had in the secondary. Jesse Bates, Von Bill, didn't love Eli Apple, but he was another. So three-fourths of your secondary is gone right away. And so bringing in those young players, they're beginning to play better. And then we know up front, man, they just got all those Energizer bunnies just getting after it, hustling and making things happen. Um, They're in the mix. I don't know how good this team is, but I know they're just kind of giving themselves a chance until Joe Burrow and that offense can figure it out. And you know what I'll say is, um, you know, I think we've all kind of been caught up in the Joe Burrow calf situation. And, you know, man, if he could just, you know, we talked about it here. Can he just, can they hold on right till the bye week? Crucial stretch here. Uh, now they're three and three, which is great. But, you know, the one thing that's kind of flown under the radar here is this is the last ranked rushing offense in football. Mm-hmm. Dead last. They don't run it a lot. They're, they're way down there in attempts. Um, and when they do run it, I mean, they're way under 40 yards a carry right now, which, you know, you look at as, as kind of like the Mendoza line for success, right? You want to try to stay on schedule with the run game, average about 40 yards a pop. They're way down there. Joe Mixon, you know, it has been relatively irrelevant um, for much of this season. Uh, and you know what? The, the biggest thing that stuck out to me is, uh, you know, just looking at, at how PFF looked at the offensive linemen and Orlando Brown is by far their lowest graded offensive lineman in the run game and don't we kind of agree that that's that's mm-hmm. kind of where he excels and, yeah, and kind that's of supposed to be the good thing around. that's supposed to be the good side yeah and he has by far been their worst in the run game and you know alex kappa is kind of right there with him which again you look at kappa is like that's that's a dude who can kind of mash in the run game and they're not getting that right now so i don't know if it's if it's commitment or if they're not committed to it because they know that they're not good at it right now one of the two, um, but they they are putting a lot of pressure on that pass game. 
I, I looked up uh, our get-off numbers, which we do each and every week on here, because uh, I was curious where Trey Hendrickson is. Trey Hendrickson, of all the edge rushers, minimum 100 snaps. Number one in get-off is Miles Garrett. Number two is Josh Sweat. Number three is Trey Hendrickson. Um, Trixie. Get and, and that's another one where, Buck, I feel like, you know, I, we again, we talk about, and by the way, right behind him is uh, Daryl Taylor, Brandon Graham, Bryce Huff, Nick Bosa, Hassan Reddick. So it, it's good. It, mm-hmm. The stat's good. It matters. Um, but I feel like it's, dude, there's just, he knows how to rush, man. Like they're, when you combine, if that's the whole thing, like if you can combine polish with the get off, like mm-hmm. forget it. Like that's why he's, he, and he doesn't, I feel like he still doesn't get mentioned like with those it's, other guys. He's, he's one of the best good, free man. agent signings on the defensive side of the ball in the last 10 years. No how question. many people thought that Saints, that season he had with the Saints was a flash in the pan? Yeah. Well, that's, right? that's oh, the yeah. thing. There's, a, there's like a three and a half, a three plus year sample size yeah. of his dominance off the edge. It's one thing to be a one year one, it's another thing to do it with the Saints, and then everyone's like, ah, well, he benefited from being opposite or beside Cam, Cam Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. But then he goes to Cincinnati first year, bang, second year, whoa. Third yeah. year, we're still talking about it. At some point, <laughs> you have to give him credit. And you talked about, like, the get-off and the skill. I think it's underestimated the competitive stamina that you need to have, the relentlessness. Because mm-hmm. it's one thing, oh, I'm going to try and get here. I don't get home. I'm going to stop on the play. But it's another thing to be an all-day sucker where you're just mm-hmm. going and going and going. Energy and effort can let you fall into two or three sacks a year. He has that ability, plus what you talked about, the physical skills and in the polish, to do it. He's been, look, he's been a huge addition to their their defense. And without him, I can't even imagine what that defense would look like. Man. No, he's, Again, uh, and just real quick, he's been a good player. One. By the way, look, what's the what's their schedule real quick, by the way, Rhett, coming out of it? The, they got their bye. Yeah. I think it's brutal coming out uh, for the for the saints or i'm sorry for no the no no no. sorry for for the bengals they've got their yeah. buy i know buffalo i believe so is they one got by they got san francisco buffalo uh, an upstart houston team and baltimore pittsburgh so yeah that's, that's, so they, they, yeah they gotta be they, they better get rested up they fought their way to 500 which it feels yeah. like the whole afc is in the same boat um <laughs> so it feels like you just gotta hang around here like if you can get to if you're seven and I feel like seven and seven, we're gonna have a bunch of teams at like seven and seven, six and seven, you know, eight and six. Like it's gonna come down to the end there. You just gotta stay in the pack. You can't fall behind. You gotta hover at least hover around that five hundred and navigate through the difficult part of your schedule. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's, it's yeah. interesting to see like this division though, with Baltimore and Cleveland and Cincinnati and even Pittsburgh. It's gonna be really interesting to see how this plays out. Really competitive no, division. No Everyone, no one's playing great, but no it, bad it, team in the mix. Yeah, not a bad team. I'll get uh, us to got, uh, right? Commanders Falcons uh, here, guys, as uh, we get to a couple more games uh, here. And and look, you know, this is um, man, the faces of Arthur Smith. Um, if you've if you've ever seen a facial expression spell frustration, uh, just go back and look at at what Arthur Smith. Uh, was given to you on the sidelines here watching Desmond Ritter, particularly in the second half. And this is this is a game, again, like you look at the box score in this thing, you're like, how in the world did the Falcons lose? They had 13 more first downs. They ran 30 more plays than the Commanders. They outgained them by 200 yards. The Atlanta defense kept the Commanders under 200 total yards. And Atlanta was still trailing by two touchdowns to start the fourth quarter. Well, 
turn it over on downs twice and you throw three picks all in the second half and things yeah. start to fall apart pretty quickly. So I think with Desmond Ritter, what we've come to the conclusion is he is not yet nearly to the point where you can count on clean games from him consistently. Um, you know, he had a good game last week and we're praising him for it and then comes back and it's an, you know, it's a stinker, particularly in the second half. Um, you know, the first interception, he throws three picks in this game. First interception, quick game, absolutely telegraphs it. You can see Kendall Fuller reading his eyes the whole way, breaks on the ball, picks that thing off. Second is the worst. You're on the, you're on the two yard line on with a third and goal. And it's a delay of game. And obviously, you know, we don't know what's going on in the headset. Is it on him? Is the play not come in clear or on time? I, you know, don't know that, but you back up to a third and seven and he lets a fade away off his back foot under pressure, fly up into the end zone. Like it's like a, you know, Hail Mary at the end of the game. And like, you could just sit there and play and kick a field goal and move on, get some points. And it's picked, you know, easy interception. Um, This third one, I was kind of curious about. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch this. This is at the very end. They had a bunch of chances here in this Mm -hmm. game. They motion Bijan Robinson out of the backfield to get a nice matchup, right? You get a linebacker to come out with him in a one-on-one situation, man coverage, but it's Jamin Davis. All mm-hmm. right, what does Jamin Davis have in spades? Athleticism mm-hmm. and speed. Yeah. He's got mm-hmm. really good coverage on Bijan. But on a third down where you got to have it at the end of the game, how often are you going to call, how often is it going to be a half-field read? How often is the other half of the field going to be basically dead? And I'm not sure that it was in design, but Kyle Pitts just jogs off the line as the slot yeah. player on the other side. And there's nowhere else for Ritter to go. And he throws mm-hmm. a bad ball, you know, it's behind Bijan. I just, that, that whole sequence was kind of weird to me. Yeah. I, I'm trying to phrase this properly because I, yeah. when I watch this game, I've seen Ritter play well yeah. before we saw it just previously mm-hmm. uh, in that mm-hmm. game. I don't think he's very talented. Mm. That makes any sense at all. But I, there's a throw in this. There's a throw in this game, Buck. Why was it? It was an inbreaker. I can't remember if it was a dig or a skinny yeah. post or what it was. But I'm watching it going. The ball's never going to get there. Like mm-hmm. not getting there. Like he's got it. Just the ball has no life whatsoever on, on the football. And I'm like, man, I just don't know how physically talented he is. I think he's smart. I think he's tough. I think he's a great teammate. He's a leader. I think he's gonna he's gonna have some games where he plays well. I just don't know like what the high end, like what the ceiling is on this thing. It feels low to me. Yeah, difference between it, good to great is immense. And we're not even talking about it's almost like, like Taylor good. Heineke, who's his yeah. backup, right? Yeah. And and when yeah, you you're, see, you're limited. Yeah. And we see Arthur Smith's faces like that. You just see exasperation because what, man, this is like two games that they dropped where they probably could have if they had just a little more, a little more mm-hmm. at quarterback, they could do it. So it puts them in a bad situation because you're looking at Cal Pitts, you, you're looking at Jonu Smith and Drake London. Drake London's weapons, making plays, by the way. You know, oh, Bijan Robinson, and you're just looking at this team, and you just it just makes you wonder, right? And, and I'm not saying this, and who says that they want to pay this, but what would Kirk Cousins do with that? Would they be better with a Kirk Cousins? Type? That was my yeah. Better? That's my Kirk you know Cousins. That's like, my landing spot. That's the perfect spot for him. You know, like 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 what what would they do with 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 a veteran quarterback who has some pelts on the wall? It doesn't have to be like the the the, the best. But, man, just a, a good to very good quarterback in that situation where he can run the football because they can run it. Um, and that defense is playing pretty well. You just wonder, man, are they are they missing out on a 2023 season that could have playoff appearance, uh, you know, a division title because they're just not good enough at quarterback? Let me ask you this question. I'll, I'll go to Rhett and Buck, you yeah. can follow it up. 
Like if I told you tomorrow you had to go win a game and I told you you could have Ritter or Josh Dobbs, who would you take? I'll take Josh Dobbs. Bucky didn't even hesitate. Red, Red at least hesitated. <laughs> but Buck just fired that thing out in two seconds. Yeah. I mean, My point was going to be that I thought you guys would at least have to think about it. Which I, clearly I Rhett has it. had to think. Rhett and Buck is like, no, nah, yeah, I'll take <laughs> nah, Dobbs. Like, yeah, Buck, but which Buck's which friend. furthers my point, which is just I just don't know how good he is. Yeah, yeah. So I that's, mean, that's and what, what this I'm is Team at. Six for Josh Dobbs, right? And he's actually probably playing his best football of his career right now. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know, you know, does Ritter even have the the mobility that Josh Dobbs has? No, which is he, does, he doesn't use that. he doesn't use it. If he does, he it, Dobbs yeah. will use it. Yeah. Um, and well, that's the other thing too. He I don't feel like he's utilizing. All of his uh, all the superpowers. Tools. Yeah, like he's in the pocket, but he's not running. He's not giving you that added element. At some point, he has to give you something beyond just being the drop back passer. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's good on that one. Let's. Yeah, let, we gotta we gotta go. We gotta crank through these last two here because we've spent. Uh, I think, and like you guys said, rightfully so on some of those bigger games, spent a little longer. Uh, Raiders Patriots. This game was tough on the eyes. I uh, <laughs> went back and was watching it. It was painful to watch. It's just. Not a lot of excitement with either one of these franchises. Somehow the Raiders, though, find themselves at, at 500. Uh, 21-17, the, uh, the Raiders get this one done. Uh, to me, it was, it was really about two rookies that I wanted to go back and look at. When I looked at the box score, I was glad to see Michael Mayer finally get involved. Five yeah. for 75. I hit mean, him in the flat. Use him on a check down. Hit him on a shallow that, cross. Gave you some run you, after catch. You know who that's, that's good for. I know it's good for you. You win the tight end day, okay? Did you did you have did you <laughs> have him there? He had mayor. Nice. That was a good move. That was a good move. Um he gave you some run after catch. And then the other rookie was Trey Tucker, the rookie out of Cincinnati who could fly. He was undersized, uh, a little under 5'9, 182 pounds, ran 4'4 flat, plays faster than that, and hit a big play. Had two for 57. They hit him on a slot vertical. Um again, I you know, there's kind of that switch. Which guys spot were you excited to watch for the like Patriots? Him. Oh man, I—I'll I, be honest. With you. I, I was focusing mm-hmm. more on the Raiders side of things when I watched the video because there's nothing to get me excited about the Patriots right now. Just isn't. It, I, I've talked. I feel like we've kind of said, been there, done that, said we, that. We nothing's changed yeah. until something changes. I don't even know that we're using our Willie time wisely to talk about him. He did, and then he kind of mm-hmm. messed it up. I was hoping yeah. for. I—I I, I touted it as a hey, maybe he can be. Uh, Bill Belichick's That's Lamar smart. Jackson come in and just yeah. save the day. They run a different offense and do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, not so much. That's not yet. Much. Not yet. That's enough. But on Max that Crosby's game. a closer, dude. Absolute. I mean, just a freak. Nobody yeah. plays that hard for that long every snap and that well for for every snap like Max with Crosby. the with the attention of every team fo- yep. that they play focused on him. Every, every single team, and he yeah. still does it. Um, all right, Buck. Last one here: Ravens Titans. Uh, Baltimore wins that one in London, twenty-four to sixteen. Yeah, they won it. Uh, they were able to get uh, Zay, Zay Flowers in the end zone for the first time. But with the Ravens, look, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Like, they talk all offseason about their offense, we're going to do this and throw it all over, and then they end up having to win because their defense kind of dominates today. And it was, a, I would say, a team on offense playing with one arm behind their back. Ryan Tannehill isn't good enough. Malik Willis isn't ready. They have one punch, and that's Derrick Henry. He has to do everything, even though he took a Wildcat thing, like, down the sideline, which is crazy to me that you know hey he's in the backfield there's no quarterback he's getting it and he's running it (laughs) he still goes around the corner for a tub um there's one thing but the ravens are still sitting here they're look top of the division they're there it it certainly isn't how we thought it would look when they made this big deal about the offense but they're good enough to win games and their defense continues to show up 
Yeah, it's where, where are we at with the Titans right now, right? Uh, Will Levis, like, that's where we're at. Let's just it, let's it, just go. Just throw it, him it, out there and see what happens. What I mean, unfortunately, you know, Tannehill not going to be Malik. That opens maybe that opens up the 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 window here for, for one of the young quarterbacks. But yeah, I mean, it's you got to at, at some point you got to know that this ship has sailed with mm-hmm. the way that that team was constructed with Tannehill, right? I, I to me yes. this and and the offensive line's not good. Yeah, they're terrible. So you, I mean, it, it was a matter of time before Tannehill was going to get nicked, and then he gets hurt. Um, we saw Malik get out there. Gosh, he's just holding the ball forever. Um, I, I don't know. I to me, I just thought skill wise that Levis was further advanced in you know coming through the draft process than Malik was mm-hmm. coming through his draft process. I, I just would like to see what you have there. I would throw Will yep. Levis out there. This is a guy we were talking about, and I know he has his faults, and it's not all perfect. But this is a guy who had like he had top five type ability. Now we yes. none of us, mm-hmm. none of the three of us had him all the way up there in terms of where we ranked him. But we ranked him as a first round player. Like get him out there, let him play, see what he can do. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, give you some juice. It's a team with no something, juice, right? Just yeah, they something. Need, they need something because. I mean, I I just don't know where they go. Like they're just kind of like a ho hum franchise. Derrick Henry's great, but they don't have anything around him. And let, let's be honest, even on the outside, like signing New Hopkins, Traylon Burke, like they're just a, a very slow team. They're a slow team, and it's just so hard to win in this league. When you look at the Miami Dolphins, zip, 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 running up and down the field, and this team is unable to do it. No. Um, speaking of those, I still don't. I was there for the game. I called the game for the Chargers. I don't know how the Chargers lost that Tennessee Titans team. I, mean, I still don't know how they lost to them. That was a bad loss. Uh, but I am. Uh, I've got to run because I've got yeah. to head up to uh, to where Bucky is right now, up to SoFi. You're you're at home, right? Right. I see your beautiful background I, there. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, get up there and call this Cowboys Charger game, which we can Let's talk go. about a little bit tomorrow. Uh, anything you guys want to add before we jump out of here? Um, I, 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 I mean. Last thing I'll say, C.J. Stroud um, went 191 pass attempts without an interception. And then on his 192nd, he forced one in to Dalton Schultz. But boy, his boy, Nico Collins, forced the fumble and the interception didn't hurt him. And they scored a touchdown. Get right back. It's like it didn't even happen. No problem. Uh, What were you going to say, Buck? Oh, no, I didn't know know if you guys have been paying attention to college football, but the Tar Heels are now in the top ten. I don't like I to know. talk about well, stories, but we're now, I, I was told we're now, we're now inching towards we're now inching towards you know help me help me with this one help me with this one I was told I was told if your team loses on a Tuesday night that it doesn't doesn't count right Are we, is that true I mean I, I'm I'm uh I'm traveling and and uh you know going you out know to Dallas playing? I'm going out to Dallas for my daughter's wedding like you know check into the hotel I'm like I don't know I, Guess I'll see if there's some Seinfeld reruns on or something. You know, I'm like, holy crap! Coast, coast. Is this a real game right now? We're playing, we're playing. Oh, yeah. Tuesday night coast football. Week. Here we go. Coastal Carolina got us. Yeah, uh, not a fan of the Tuesday night football. I'm sorry, I gotta say it. Uh, yeah. I whatever. Uh, neither here nor there. Um, all, all right, right. let's uh, let's get out of here, guys. I want to encourage everybody if you can. Uh, Give us one of those uh, five-star reviews. We appreciate that if you like the show and leave us a little uh, review on there. Uh, we do appreciate that. And again, we're five days a week, including a video show on Tuesdays. So be on the lookout for that as well. We'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.